The Ryan Tuberty Show on RTE Radio 1 with Elevon Merchant Services. Growing your business is easy peasy with us by your side. And welcome back. It's Oliver Callan here in for Ryan. Um, I must mention this for the word geeks out there because in relation to Boris Johnson and his scandals, somebody very cheeky, Susie Dent, you might know from Countdown. She's the dictionary corner. Is that the thing in Countdown? She um, was not missing anything yesterday and she very cheeky. She said, the word of the day today is more worm. So it's M-A-W dash worm from the 19th century. One who insists that they have done nothing wrong despite evidence to the contrary. That's a high class level of trolling, isn't it? I like that. Anyway, let's get to our guests this morning who were having some giddy times there in the break. Uh, and our guest this morning is a successful graphic designer and illustrator. You might have seen some of his work. In fact, I'm sure you have. But it was his decision to take a stand against trauma for the past that has led to his personal success. Well, I'm interested to hear more. Good morning, Connor Merriman. Good morning. How are you? How are you? Looking very well this morning. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> and that's kind of, uh, I'm not being. Um, uh, on Jew there <laughs> because the last time you were on here with Ryan you were it was during the pandemic you were talking about embracing well what do you tell us what you were talking yeah, about Ryan? so essentially I was losing my hair and I took lockdown one as an opportunity to shave it all off yeah. and it's the best decision I've ever made it's it's brought a lot more confidence to my day to day and two years later um, it's just I, I can't encourage it enough for everyone if, if you're going through that you know, that kind of self-acceptance with losing your hair. Self-acceptance? Because you were kind of taken it badly, weren't you? Were you I was, yeah, I was. I mean, I was... It's always difficult to, to let go of your gorgeous locks, you know? Yeah. Um, but again, I mean, it's it's one of those things, it's one of those decisions that I made because I could do it because it was in lockdown. I wasn't have to, I didn't have to see anyone. I could I could risk it. Um, but it was the best thing I've ever done. It really was. It's brought along so much more confidence. Because it seems like such a simple thing because we're obviously, mm. you'd think, you know, baldness is so common. Yeah. That uh, you'd be used to it. But when it happens to you, you're kind of thinking. It's very insular. It's a very insular thing. And I think we, we as people kind of hold a lot of our, you know, importance into hair, especially as men, because, you know, we, we don't have a we don't have a lot of it, so we kind of keep on to it and we hold on to it. So, you know, letting go of that could be quite difficult and quite traumatic. And um, so, you know, kind of reclaiming that was important to me. And uh, of course, the cause of boldness is uh, excessive testosterone. So mm. that, that kind of can be a good thing. Absolutely. It? <laughs> <laughs> so it's uh, because you're just too manly. Uh, that's that's why. That's, that's <laughs> but look, it is the because... Being confident is is attractive, isn't it? Isn't that what you're kind of thinking? Oh, I don't look as good. It is. I mean, it all stems from very particular places. You know, I think self-confidence and self-acceptance all stems from potentially trauma, potentially other areas like that. Like, for Uh example, I came out when I was 15 um, as gay and I did that kind of because I was forced to. I was being severely bullied in school, in secondary school. I missed two weeks of it. I went on the Mitch because I couldn't handle it. That's how bad it was. I just, wow. it was very, very heavy. And you were a school nerd, weren't you? So going on the, on the Mitch. Oh, that was unheard of. I would never have done anything like it, you know. And it was, that's how bad it was that I just couldn't face it, you know. And it was the type of things where, you know, every slur you could think of um, were on air, so I'm not going to say them. Yeah. But um, you can imagine it and that's what was said. You know, I was being taunted to and from school. I was, things were whispered to me walking down the corridors. You know, I, I got spat at in school. I Spat at? Yeah, like it, the people made fake Facebook accounts to try and get unsolicited photographs of me. It was, it was very, it was early days yeah. social media and it yeah, was, it was a lot. Yeah, because you're a young man. So I'm 27. 
27. Yeah, tw- you're only 27. So, you know, you were in the social media, but you got, you got it at every level. Every level, apart from physical. But... Well, you were spat at. Well, uh, yeah, I suppose. I was never, I was never beaten up, you know, yeah. but that doesn't Isn't take it amazing away. that you're, you're even qualifying the bullying as I know, horrific as it is? I know. And in fairness. Well, in fairness, and it's an awful thing that you kind of do go there, but at the same time, you got to find the positives. you got to find a little bit of hope in it, you know, yeah. that I wasn't as bad as I could have been. But having said that, it was absolutely horrific. You know, I got a glass bottle thrown at me. Um, and it's it didn't it didn't hit, but like those type of things, I didn't realize I was still holding on to like that mm-hmm. residual trauma mm-hmm. for so it's, long. It's still recent though, isn't it? I mean, I mean yeah, it's, it's yeah, it was 15, w- fifteen. Yeah, like and it went on for a couple of years. It did. It went on for the last three years of school. It was really really bad in fourth year, and um, it kind of subsidized a little bit. It kind of didn't become as everyday and as big. Um, but I also, you know, I was very fortunate that my family were incredibly accepting and my friends at the time championed me and really, really pioneered me. Um, and, you know, having a support group like that was incredibly important. Uh, the friends in school? Yeah, I had a few friends in school. And then outside of school, I had a wonderful group um, that I'm still friends with today. And, you know, okay. they've really, they've really stuck by me. Do you remember going home to your family and saying, I'm being bullied at school? I do. Very, very vividly. And what was the reaction? Well, I stood in front of them all. Um, my sister was living in London at the time and I had emailed her because, that was, you know, it was it was over words, so it was a little easier. And um, I stood in front of my brother and my parents and it was night time and it was January and I looked at them and I was like, I'm not in school because I'm being bullied and the reason I'm being bullied is because I'm gay. And there was this huge pressure release when it happened. Yeah. And like, you know, would I have rathered a different way of telling them? Of course, you know, but I told them that's the main thing. And, and, you know, they were just, they were sad because of what was happening, but they were so resilient. They were just, you know, nope, let's, let's get onto this. Let's, we're having a meeting with the school. We're going to nip this in the bud. We're going to try and take as much action as we can, you know. Um, So it was wonderful to have their utmost support. I mean, it sounds brilliant from the family because the, mm. they had so much to unpack, didn't they? Yeah, I mean, there's an awful lot there, <laughs> you know. Because number one, it's okay, you know, Connor's gay, and mm. they they're kind of dealing with whatever's going on there. Yeah. But it was quite easy for them because their main concern was your welfare, my, my safety. So, yeah, you know, that was it. You know, it was a real parental just energy. And when, I mean, the bullying goes on though, didn't it? Even after that, do you know what? Like, look, it it keeps going. I mean, there is always. There's everyday homophobia. There really is. There's little things. There's smaller things. Um, like two, two, three weeks ago, myself and my partner, my wonderful partner, um, we were holding hands, walking down the road, on a moving car through water at us. Now nothing was said to us, but we can make a guess that it was a homophobic attack. Yeah. And it's that type of stuff where it's just even holding hands, as you said earlier on. You know, you do kind of feel quite self conscious about these things sometimes. You really do, though. You do, but. It is important to stay holding hands, you know, I, okay. I find it is because, you know, visibility is our as our biggest form of defence. That's true, actually. Yeah, That's you the know, thing I do forget. Like, but it's it's difficult in the moment, you know, fear is a horrible thing. <laughs> it is, you know, and it can stifle My us. partner is more kind of going for my hand. Yeah. I'm like, Ugh. And it's yeah. fine for a minute until mm. someone comes around the corner. And they could be the nicest people in the they world. They could be. But, if, if but they do stare. Yeah. I mean, and the <laughs> thing is, though, if you have had 
any type of trauma in your past, if you've had, if you've been bullied, if you've been subject to any type of homophobia, you're going to have your guard up in public. You're going to mm. want to reserve yourself, you know, because of fear it happens again. But I do want to reiterate, I think it is important for us to you know stay visible and stay seen. I want to come to the kind of more recent stuff, but mm. can we go back when you're 15 and yeah. you're, or even later in school? I mean, when you're confronting that time now in your mind. Yeah. Do you get pangs in your... Are you able to kind of confidently go, look, that's part of my story? Or do you still get pangs of, oh my God. Do you know what I did? Sometimes we can get really morose. Yeah, absolutely. And think very angrily and we can get stuck in the kind of rabbit hole in our heads. Absolutely, you can spiral. You absolutely can. And I didn't realise that, like, there were moments where, yeah, that actually was coming to the forefront and I didn't really realise what it was. And last year I had a bit of a wobble mentally and because of anxiety and COVID and I think for all of us no matter what your circumstance was last year was a bit of a difficult time for us all just the you know the unknown Um, but I didn't realise that I was also holding on to that level of trauma as well from school Um, so I went to therapy and I'm in therapy and I think it was really important for to reach out and ask for help you know I, I I was a child when it happened I didn't have the coping tools I didn't have the mechanisms I didn't know your world is so small you know, so you can only do your best and you either flight like or freeze or, you know. Yeah, there isn't always fight or flight. No. There's, there's the freeze. The freeze. I, I, tend to, I tend to freeze, yeah, yeah. you know, and of course, and it's difficult and it's unknown. And so I went, to, so I started therapy and it's been one of the most incredible things I've ever done. It's really gotten me to open up, to be, you know, to address certain things that I've, I've been build, uh, holding on to, um, to really have a bit of comfort with my past and and to not feel so burdened by it and so afraid of it emerging if it ever does you know I'm I'm kind of living beside it you yeah, know yes because at that time I mean I as I said there was very little coping mechanisms that you can kind of you know at your disposal but one thing that I did really lean in on was my art and my illustration and creating that form of escapism you know I really and you had a wonderful escape I had a wonderful escape it was I mean it was it absolutely blossomed you know I I just buried my head in my work and I went to NCAD and now I'm working professionally as an illustrator and it was it's one of those things where from something quite horrific that's something nice for me came from it isn't it but they say this don't they that trauma can be very creative it can be I mean you have to wreck your brain in order to free it or something look it's 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 a difficult one because I think you know there's many different ways that your brain can kind of go to in those moments and I was fortunate that I went to creativity and I've always been drawn I've always have and I've always been encouraged to do that um so it was it was a very natural form of escape that now I'm very lucky to say it's my career and a, and a very successful career. Yeah. And we should say, by the way, you were coming in to talk to us anyway. Yes. On, because of your amazing success as a as a designer and an illustrator. Mm. And um, so now is the time to blow your trumpet. <laughs> I mean, Don't be Irish about it now. Uh, Tell uh, us what sure you've look. been doing. Um, so, yeah, so I, I work with wonderful, wonderful um, clients, both in the UK and Ireland. I work with Lighthouse Cinema, um, doing all their visual campaigns. I've worked with um, Leah Restaurant, which is now a two mission star um, yes. restaurant. In Blackrock in Dublin. Yeah. Um, and most recently, I've just worked on um, a greeting card range with Moonpig.ie, um, which is just launched in Ireland. Just Moonpig launched in Ireland. Here, yeah. It is, yeah. And they they were an absolute gem to work with. And the great thing what they did was they had utmost trust in every designer illustrator that they got in touch with to really echo that Irish voice. 
yeah. um, because they're a UK company and they really put a lot of trust and a lot of warmth in commissioning illustrators and designers to really evoke that sense of authentic Irishness. Yes. And and it's wonderful if you if you get a chance to go into the collection. It's it's there's there's cards for every occasion. It's really really fantastic. And um, Disney. Yeah, I've worked worked at Disney as well. Yeah. That was West Side Story, wasn't it? It was, yeah. Um, the Spielberg remake. Yes, I was commissioned by Disney to do a poster for West Side Story, an illustrated poster for West Side Story, which is now Oscar winning, which is, I'm going I'm I'm to take <laughs> See, that I one. knew I'd have to drag that out <laughs> of you. So you're, been, you're a bit, bit too Irish about it. Ah, sure. Uh, so, yeah, no, it's, so it's a terrific, it, it seems like you got your power back, doesn't it? it because does it, bullying makes you feel powerless. The, your parents feel they can't do anything to help. The school often feels powerless as well. Is it, was that the experience at the time? Do you, do you know remember? what? It's a very depowering moment. Mm. It's a very depowering thing. And right now in my life, I feel incredibly empowered, you know. And if there's any LGBTQ plus youth out there, teenagers out there that are listening and that are feeling inadequate or feeling like they're lost or like they can't be themselves, you know, I just want to let them know that it does get better. It got much better for me. You know, you have to be unapologetically yourself. There's only one of you. Yeah. You know. You have to keep holding hands. You have to keep holding hands. You do. <laughs> okay. You have to be visible. Did, was there a thought in your head when you were coming out and, and it was amidst the bullying storm and everything mm. that, and it goes through everyone's head when they're mm. coming out, will the parents accept, will you get thrown out of the house? Do you know what? It's, uh, as I spoke of earlier, it's the, it's the fear. It's the fear that can stifle you. And, you know, at the time, I unfortunately had an escape plan absolutely baseless an absolutely baseless escape plan but I was absorbing horrific stories you know of people of youth being kicked out and the yeah. media representation of it at the time and my brain just went to this absolute oh, oh, oh what if they don't accept me what, where, what, where will I go I'm I'm 13 I'm 14 I'm like where where is this and you kind of make up this ridiculous escape plan that made absolutely no sense at the time and I never had to use it because of course I didn't my parents and my family were wonderful and still still are yeah um, do you think about your bullies? I do. You know, I you probably uh, see them around. Do you? I, strangely enough, I don't see them that much. Um, which I mean, look, I will say, towards the end of school, some of them did reach out to me privately and apologise for for acting the way they did, and that was a really. I'm not going to say it was an easy thing to happen, that exchange. Mm. It was a very difficult thing because on one hand, you want to absolutely forgive. You want to move on. You want to see someone has made it their effort to kind of, you know, say sorry and to say I was in the wrong. And that's a huge thing. And on the other hand, you want to go, you made my life miserable. Yeah. But acceptance has to happen. Yeah. And, and forgiveness has to happen. You know, for your own self. Forgiveness is for yourself more than anyone else. And again, it gives it. That's you with the power. That's you with the power, exactly. And that's the thing you can do. And I suppose if someone's been bullied, uh, and there are parents probably of kids mm. being bullied at the moment, it's usually the the problem is with the bully, isn't it? Mm. And that's probably what you discovered. It's interesting they come privately to you individually, yeah, yeah. because as a collective, <clears throat> their their insecurities. Well, that's trying the thing. I mean, there's power in numbers. Off, aren't they? There's power in numbers. You know, there's that that hive mentality there. And it's it's horrible that it's so common that, you know, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of, I don't know, trust in in conviction if you're if you're part of a mob, you know, you don't have to, you're not single, you know, there's you can kind of get away with a lot more things. And so it's funny in those vulnerable moments when you come as as a single entity. 
to apologise. It's funny, they didn't apologise on behalf of everyone. They apologised for their own actions. And that's the important thing. Yeah. You know? That was quite big. That's unusual, I would say. That It is. I mean, I, I, would hope it's, <clears throat> I hope it's not as unusual anymore. I hope it doesn't happen as much in schools. Yeah. Um, one would hope. Um, it's eternal though, isn't it? Oh, look. Unfortunately. I, well, I hope... I hope. <coughs> what do we do? What do we do about the homophobia is the casual stuff on the street? Because you get fleeting moments, as you say, yourself yeah. and your partner. There's not much you can do in the moment, is there? You can... I mean, look, I'm not one for, you know, retaliating. That's not my vibe at all. No. Um, and I don't think violence is ever the answer. What I do think is the answer is staying invisible, staying seen, because you have to be unapologetically yourself. And why why would you hide? Why would you want other people to have the power over your life and over your love and over that blossoming, wonderful you? You know, it's you have to just stay resilient and keep going. I mean, that's a great message. And the fact that you, you have your power back and yeah. there's no insecurities <laughs> about hair or anything. No, so not at all. <laughs> so, uh, and um, what, where can we see your amazing work? Oh yeah, um, my all my all my work is on my Instagram at Connor underscore Merriman and on my website connormerriman.com. Uh, you'll see it all there. It looks great. Oh, thank you. Very what, much. what do you mostly do in in terms of what makes the most? You know, what what kind of runs your business the the most? Illustration. People, people buy stuff and hang on the wall and everything. Yes, yeah, so you know, illustrated prints. I work in the film industry. I um, work in fashion. Um, mainly illustration. A little bit of branding here and there. You know, work, working with the people. Yeah, yeah, and it's great. It's fantastic, and I think what you're doing actually is part of that campaign. You better. Do you want to mention your partner's name or anything? Or is he likes to stay in the kind of shadows when it comes his, to this public. His, his name is Adam. He's a wonderful, wonderful <laughs> man, and he's loved my life. Thought we, thought we better mention that because yeah, that would be the, the stuff. But listen, Connor Merriman, thanks a million for coming Thank you in. For me. Continued success to you. Thank you very much, and could, uh, more power to yeah. you, which is the important. To us all, we'll take a quick break. Thanks a million, Connor.